Welcome to the show. We hope you have a blast. Thanks for making time for the Dealer Talk Podcast. Another business leader, here's a penny for your thoughts. This ain't a regular conversation, baby. This that Dealer Talk. Yeah. What up? Welcome to another episode of the Dealer Talk Podcast, season eight, episode, I don't know, seven, but uh, something like that, six. I don't even know. It's one of those episodes on season eight. Anyway, let's check in with our co host, Charity Ann. What's up, Charity? How you doing? What is up? Happy podcast day. Very cool. Who do we have on the program today? Today we have Bill. Um, Bill, we talked to last week. The right cowboy. On. I'm pretty sure he's the cowboy right hat on. guy. Um, he does. He's one of the 20 group moderators for NIADA. He does buy here, pay here, lease here, pay here, and finance moderation. So cool. I thought that you would appreciate the lease here, pay here aspects. Yeah, you know, that's been one of the topics that I, not lease here, pay here, but um, on the franchise side, trying to figure out how to do used car leasing, I think is, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's a lot of value in that, especially during COVID. If we could have figured out a way to do that early, think about the value proposition to the customer. Hey, get into this car for now. And when the car that you want actually gets here, switch you back out, you know, like from a, um, and listen, I'm saying this, you know, I know that there's a bunch of issues with licensing and insurance. I get all that, but I'm just saying from a customer experience, man, imagine that value proposition. You wouldn't have a customer on a car that's going to be upside down 20 to $30,000. They're going to be paying these adjustments. They're going to come back and hate you. So... I don't know. I just feel like that would have been such a great um, loyalty tool. Um, uh, it, it's got a bunch of marketing. Uh, I don't know. Power. Marketing power. So, marketing power. Anyway. Well, what we're going to talk to him and see how he feels about it. Yeah, but what do you think about what I just said? Do you agree? Do you disagree? My answer's a little cynical, so I will keep it to myself. No, come on, come on, don't be weak. <laughs> I think that you wouldn't have seen the profits that the automotive industry made in the last couple of years, so they wouldn't. Most people wouldn't yeah, have wanted to do that because they short, made the profits. That's such short. Um, what? Are, that's a that's short, short thinking. Absolutely yeah. short-sighted. One hundred percent short-sighted. Look. Look at where we are now, right? It's like everybody's freaking out. And how many times did we say, how many times did we say what's going to happen is that they're going to have to come back and everybody went, yeah, I know. No, everybody said, no, man, like the market's going to, by the time they come back, the market's going to be different and we'll, you know, it's just, we'll win again. And it's like, okay. Okay. So. Um, I don't know. I'm just saying like, yeah, I think there's something there. I think that the stores that figure that out are going to be like, they're just going to have options, options. That's, that's, that's power, not marketing power, but it's like overall power. Customer service power. 
experience. We talk a shit ton about that in the industry. Oh, the experience, the customer experience. Yet. Okay, so this is the thing. I think that we talk a shit ton about that, like on the. Wow, is that the first time you swear? Level. No, sweared. Huh? Hey, uh, the writer, go back and see if Charity has, has uh, sweared on any other episode and superimpose that on top of this yet, one. Okay. <laughs> I th oh, no. Yeah, I think you have. I think when you were doing your um, your calls, your uh, what's it called? Your secret shops. I think you swore. Probably. I don't think I've ever dropped the F bomb. So, well, no, of course, because you're a lady. Have I ever told you my funny F bomb story? My Did kids you just hear what I said? I know. I was ignoring. I said, you. of course, you wouldn't drop the F bomb because you're a lady. Because I'm a lady. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. We were driving down the road and my son says, this was a couple of years ago. So he was like 14. He says, mom, what's the F bomb? Is it Fabomb? And then he wandered, he went around saying Fabomb all the time. And I told him if he thought the F bomb was Fabomb, then he wasn't allowed to say Fabomb at all. Well, you can't say Fabomb. You're not laughing. Because that's that what? you can't. What's wrong with Fabom? Because he thought he was swearing. If you think you're swearing, that means you're swearing. Mm, if well, the entire premise is to swear, and then you just create, it's like when people say "darn it," that's still a swear word. It's still an expletive. What is garment? Darn it! <laughs> oh, I was like, what? You're talking about. Have you never heard darn it before? Yeah, I say it all the time. Darn it? It's not a swear word. Heard you say darn it. What if I, when I say dang? Herb does, Herb does not say darn it. He's not a lady. Well, that's <laughs> pretty obvious. Um, What's that word? Dang? Is dang a swear word? Dang. It would be considered, it's still an expletive. Mm, I disagree. Mm. It has to make you feel a certain kind of way for it to be a swear word. You know, if you don't say, if you say it out loud and you don't have to look around to see who's, who heard you, it's not a swear word. That's my rule. <laughs> if you are in a public place and it made somebody uncomfortable nearby, then it's not a swear word. Yeah, but in these days, anything you say in public is going to make somebody feel uncomfortable. So. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Here I Shit. come to save the day. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I think the word you're looking for is. I think the word you're looking for is. Anyway. <laughs> ah, that's fun. I don't know what we were talking about. The automotive industry. The customer Moving experience. On. The customer experience. Oh, right, right, right. So I here's think a great way. Here's a great way to give your customers a good experience. Are you ready? Great way to give your customer your customer an experience that's memorable. Hold on. It's going to be, you know, 
Everybody very, sit down. Yeah, like take pen, paper, write this down. Oh my gosh. One <laughs> hour, <laughs> one hour sales process. There you go. Done. I solved it. <laughs> I cracked the case. What one hour sales process. And if you want to really wow them, if you want that extra, extra layer of awesomeness, one person through the whole experience, you do those two things. Billion dollar idea. There you go. You're done. Customer experience galore. Customer experience, customer experience expertise right there. So I was saying that, you know, for the most part, I think that the decision makers in the automotive industry totally buy into the customer experience being important. It's the on the ground salespeople and that haven't fully bought in yet. Adamantly because disagree by the with time, that. Why would you disagree with because I by the adamantly time disagree you with get I don't just disagree. I adamantly disagree. Go ahead and tell me why, since you're not going to well, let me here's finish why. my sentence. Here's why. The customer experience isn't a salesperson thing. It's from the top down. The problem is that a lot of the decision makers and the DPs and the general managers in the industry have made a lot of money with the processes that they have. And they don't, why change it, right? If it's been successful for them. And I get that. You know, empires have been built with the experiences or with the setup that they have right now. How many times have you been in a meeting and you hear the, well, that's how we've always done it. That's how we've always done it. That's always, yeah, of course, that's how we've always done it. But that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't mean that that's the way we should be doing it right now. And that's why I adamantly disagree with that. It's not like the decision makers at the top are like, yeah, let's do this thing. And everybody's like, you know, they're the, they're the owners, they're the managers. You don't want to follow my process. Get the hell out of here, right? So it's just, it's that lack of buying from the top that's perpetuating the stuff from the past. But, 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 um, COVID has really transformed that in a very, in a significant way. I think now more than ever, people are willing to, 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 um, think outside the box and they're willing to try different things. And because they're willing to do those things, that's going to propel the industry forward. And we're going to start, start to see people? massive changes in the next couple of years. Five years from now, I think the whole process, the, the, because of the way that people are thinking about it now, the industry is going to be completely different. Who are those people? When you say people, you mean DPs, decision makers? general managers, directors, those folks right. that are so now, now they're willing to. to and they're, what was that? Now we go back to my point. Hmm. Decision makers understand the power of the customer experience. The breakdown becomes communicating that down the chain. Like it's the same thing where you go into a meeting and they tell a, a, a manager meeting and you all decide what you're going to do for the month. And then you all leave and forget to tell the people that are actually selling the cars. And then somebody's like, are we having a sale? 
and you're like, oh shit, sorry, I forgot to I forgot to mention that. Same thing. Like, yeah, but that I mean that happens. You can decide what you want to do all you want, but at some point you've got to get everybody else to buy in too. You have to have the conversations with the people at the bottom of the chain. Yeah, and but hold them symptom. accountable. That's a symptom. It's not the that's not the the it's not the disease, right? And so I think that um you know, it's just hard, man. And you have, and we're at a generational change too, which I've also talked about on the show in the past, but we're in this weird place where you still have the people that have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. um, uh, still managing things. And you have the new folks that are coming in that are moving up the chain that are thinking differently and are uh, more adapted technology and more willing to experiment. And there's that whole thing, you know, we're at this interesting, at, at this interesting, I don't know, conversion point for lack of a better term where you're all these things are kind of coming together. And so, yeah, man, I think that, um, I think that it's, you know, if I were to, if I were to put my finger on it, I, I would definitely say that it's top down. It's a top down problem because look, especially in the car business, dude, like how many times have you gone into, uh, have gone to a, t to, to, um, uh, to the desk, or to a manager for not having a signature on there, they throw the paper at your face, right? You're going to tell me that if you're really bought in into creating customer experience and doing things differently, that you're not going to get your people to fall in line. Bullshit. Mm, I saw this. I can't remember the post, but it was talking about the customer experience on social media. And I had, I commented and I said, your employee experience and your customer experience directly correlate. Oh yeah, no question, for sure. Yeah. And I, so, listen, yeah, I'm not saying throwing that... the paper at your employees. What that's totally translating down the line. If you don't value them enough to treat them with respect, why would you think that they were going to behave that way? That's like treating your kid like crap. And then expecting them to behave differently to the people that they know. Right. And that's a different problem, too. I'm just saying that because you have that kind of, of you know, it, um, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of uh, style, you're going to tell me that you're not going to if you if you really want to implement this, your, your people are not going to fall in line. That I'm just saying no, like, it's a top down problem because. I would differentiate when I say decision makers, I mean, like, I don't mean desking managers. I don't mean people in the tower. I mean, like your general managers and your, in your dealer principals who are slightly removed from the sales process as a whole. That's right. what I mean. They're like, yeah, we should probably have a better experience. Well, you need to like inform your desk that you should have a better experience because the dealerships that I've worked for, that's not translating. Yeah. But again, it's a communication thing, but you need to have this stuff in place. You know what I mean? You have to have mm -hmm. the strategy. You have to have the, the, um, conviction to change your ways. You have to have the, the mm -hmm. blueprint set up. Like you have, you need to have this architected. You can't just go have a good customer experience today, folks. No, man, it doesn't work like that. 
like you're gonna have a great customer experience but you're gonna do everything the same way you're just gonna do it more cheerfully with a bigger smile on your face and the customer's still gonna wait there five hours before they get into their new car like so somehow again i feel as if we have arrived at the same perspective from two no, different directions. No, we have not arrived at the same perspective at all. <laughs> it's a top-down problem. Anyway, yes, exactly. Not not a down-level problem, which was your initial suggestion. But it's okay. I mean, who's counting? We're just No. You know, we're my initial suggestion was that which I was trying to say is that while the dealer principles and the decision makers might buy into the concept of a customer experience enhancement. Yes. <laughs> they are not translating that down the chain. And you're saying, nah, they're not buying in at all. I have a little more faith in them than you do, apparently. That's not, no, that's not, that's not it. Anyways. <laughs> Oh, anyway, we're going to move on you, now. The listener knows what I'm saying. They they caught it. They're <laughs> picking up what I'm putting down. Herb's decided we're talking about. Herb's decided to move on. Anyway. Anyways, I think the word you're looking for is anyway. Mm. <laughs> well, it is my show, so if I want to move on, we're moving on. Anyways, um what else you got? What else you got cooking today, kid? What do I have cooking? I've got some news to talk about. Hey, is that uh, is that your dealer talk blanket? I was going to say shout out. I was going to do oh, a shout okay. out. You just spoiled my fun. Ready? Oh. So everybody who's listening to this on the podcasts, you're going to have to go to the YouTube channel to see my blanket. Look at this thing. That's awesome. It's a thing what of beauty. Yes. It's, it's a like, gift. It is a gift from a friend. I give give your friend a shout out. Shout out to Chris. Thank you for the gift. What, what? This morning I was sitting in here doing work and I was freaking cold and I was like bundled up in this blanket and I couldn't figure out why the hell I was so cold. And then it's because my heater was off. Are you not in the mood to podcast today? Dude, I'm in the best mood. I just danced. What are you talking about? You always dance. Okay. Focus. FF. <laughs> what does FF mean? You can't say it on camera. <laughs> You've totally bombed before, but I'm a lady, so... crickets the writer okay. put some crickets okay. in that okay. 
Um, <clears throat> so, are we ready? Yeah. What do you got? Do you have anything you'd like to talk about? Yes, come on, news. Let's roll. What's out there? I keep trying to talk about the news, and you're like vibing over there, so <laughs> you're kind of driving me nuts today. <laughs> Mission accomplished, folks. I did it. (laughs) Come on. For the first time ever. Okay. So I was, I read an article today and it got me thinking about this. So the government does this thing where they push and push and push and push for us to adopt EVs, right? And there was this statistic. I wonder if I wrote it down. Do you know what the, in 2022, 2022 saw sales of EVs accelerate 55% year over year. Um, obviously a lot of that brought on by, I would say the push from the federal government to they're like, everybody needs to be using EVs by this time period. And we're going to incentivize you, but only these kind of incentives. And so it gets really complicated. And they're like, as I kind of went down, I kind of went down this rabbit hole. There was a lot of different ways in which it was complicated. One of the articles that I read was talking about, um, how even if we are, um, continuing at the status quo of conversion to EVs, we would overshoot the 2050 emissions goals by 75% just from the automotive industry by switching to BEVs, um, Switching to BEV fleets will only reduce that to 50% of an overshoot by that date. The only way to, or, and, and then in order to get to an overshoot of just 25%, we would have to go into what's called a scope three conversion, which goes back to the James Gilboy episode. Um, because scope three means that it's not just about emissions. It's about all of the other things. Remember how he was talking about like tire Mm -hmm. pollution. Those are all scope three things. So the whole point is that like the government's like, let's do this. Let's do it now. And then they create all these rules. Yeah, but we have to be fair here, right? We have to be fair. We don't, we're, we are in uncharted territories here. There's no precedence and there's going to be a lot of instances where that's going to be created on the fly. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we're trying to plug one hole. It's like playing whack-a-mole, right? We're trying to plug one hole and then another one pops here with something else. Like, like you just mentioned with the tire thing, like I had no idea um, that the, the, the tires produced as much contamination as they do. So yeah, you get rid of one problem and then you have to deal with 10 more. So Mm -hmm. um, I think it's not fair for us to, um, you know, be so quick to blame the government, um, you know. We're no, just- and let me clarify that I'm not blaming the government. I just think that a lot of, and this is an example of when we jump on the bandwagon, 
really quickly and without fully understanding what that why where that wagon's going and and having to pivot along the way except that now we're pivoting with laws instead of just you know concepts and and um business i guess whatever non-laws are that are still moving the world right but that's the thing like you know, I feel like sometimes when we get into not not you and I, but when we get into these conversations, broadly speaking, like you have your 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 people oppose and your people that are for, right? Um, but the reality is, is that none of them, none of the two sides, know what the hell they're they're talking about for the most part, and they don't know what what the what the future or the not the future but the evolution of these things are going to be it's just your opinion at that particular moment in time and in a case like this or a situation like this with evs and the transformation of our of our transportation technology nobody knows dude like we everybody's making this hype with ev and then if somebody comes up with a better engine before this whole transformation occurs then all this stuff goes away right so I completely agree. The, the cool that's thing, kind of what I'm saying. No, no, I know, but I'm just this is that's my point of view when we have these conversations. The cool thing about all this is the is the is the the um, debate, right? And the te- and on the back end of all of this is the technology and how that's for better for worse, it's changing and it's changing at a fast pace. And in the pursuit of one or the other thing we're going to come out with options and alternatives and things that are better than what we have right now, which it feels like these comb- the combustion uh, engine sort of a deal. It just seems very, I mean, old. I don't know, man. It just feels like we should just have better stuff. I don't know. Just my thoughts. Well, and then, I, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I completely agree. We're all just trying to figure it out together. Um, and a lot of times it gets frustrating because when we're trying to figure it out, I think that then all of a sudden we get these rules and regulations that hit us when we're still trying to just figure it all out. Right. Another one is that mm, Tesla, their charging stations, let me see if I saved this one. So um, Elon Musk has often talked about opening his charging network to competitors, but has never actually done so in the United States where the company dominates the electric vehicle market. Now the brash CEO may have 7.5 billion reasons to accelerate those plans. The U.S. Department of Transportation next week is expected to finalize requirements that will pressure Tesla to expand beyond its proprietary charging equipment in the U.S. Um, this being a problem because it um, the department it creates a situation where Tesla will have to balance the subsidies that the government will be offering with their competitive edge in the market. Oh no, I I think that it's just really interesting to watch again firsthand that 
a, the delicate balance between government regulation and progression of science and progression of business. And we, these articles that we've, I've been reading all through season seven and for the, like the last year, a lot of them are like that, you know, the, the legal case in California about autonomous driving or this kind of stuff. It's all based on how much reach and how much is the government does the government have and how much is that going to stymie progression? Yeah. But I think final comment here, and then we got to get bill into, into the, into the show or he's going to bounce. But, um, I think in the beginning you need government because you need somebody to set the, the boundaries here. And you know what I mean? Like you can't let private businesses mm -hmm. do that because you know, obviously they would logically so set them to their favor. And there's um, there's stakeholders and all these things that are impacted are impacted not just positively but negatively these things. And so you need some sort of control. So I'm not opposed to um, um, I think it's necessary in the beginning, and eventually I right. think it and needs to be too. less and I just less. Think it's a delicate. It needs to be less and less regulated and then and then business needs to take hold because, you know, the formula that we have in this country is proven to work. Right. So. Um, but anyways, let's get our guest here, Bill Elizondo, group moderator. What's up, Bill? How you doing, sir? Welcome to the show again. Hey. What's happening? Hello. man? How are you? Well, we're doing great. Love the hat, sir. Got it. You know, I got to keep it going. I, I started already once. I, I, I bet. <laughs> right on, right on. He's committed. I, Good. You know, <laughs> I, I really wasn't up until, you know, maybe about six months ago. I, I really had not ever committed to a hat. Uh, and in fact, my <laughs> wife will tell you, why are you wearing that inside? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good That's stuff. So, well, you know, uh, you know, it, we, we, we uh, did a lot of work on a ranch uh, years ago. We still have the ranches now. Um, uh, I just don't get back home to, to Texas as often. So uh, that's my only gig. But other than that, all is good. Now more than ever, businesses need more efficient sales. That's why thousands of dealerships trust Four Eyes to help with things like automated inventory email updates and ensuring all of your leads get into the CRM. To try Four Eyes for free, visit foureyes.io slash dealer talk. That's foureyes.io slash dealer talk. Right on, right on. So you've been on the show already this, this season. This season is all about things. NIADA, we typically kick things off with an intro, but you already did that. So let's, let's. Okay, just making sure. Okay. Yeah. So uh, as a 20 group moderator, uh, my part of my responsibilities are uh, to moderate different groups. Um, I've got three different types of groups that, uh, that I moderate for. I moderate a lease here, pay here, uh, four buy here, pay here, and one finance group. Um, my job and my role is to make sure that a we have a, a good uh, agenda and or topics that we're going to be talking about, uh, making sure that uh, the insight and information that uh, you know we're going to be sharing with each other is going to be uh, you know 
good enough and or something beneficial to each of the, the members that is going to be there in attendance for these groups. Uh, so it's, you know, a lot of times it's a, it's prep work for me. It's a making sure that I'm going in and, and looking at and identifying what I feel would be potential issues or concerns at that point in time as well. So, you know, that that's, I think, uh, a, a bigger part of my role that, that I have is uh, I'm ensuring that we're going to have a good um, uh, educational um, meeting. And at the same time, everybody's going to be sharing. So, you know, uh, within our 20 groups themselves, you know, everybody has financial data that they uh, provide to us. And we have a composite that we actually look at and, and go through. And, and this is kind of one of our composites right here is, you know, this, this is what we have. And from that information that we get there, we use that and or I use that specifically to kind of go through and say, okay, I can see some trends of some things that you're not doing or you could be doing better. Um, can you talk about this? What, what's happening within your, your organization? What's happening for this last few months? Because this wasn't that way four months ago when the last time we met. So, so we meet three times a, a year. Uh, we have the uh, chance to be able to uh, talk in between. But in a lot of cases, you know, we're, we're going to meet at these times and we're going to be discussing all the different facets of their business, what's happening from then till now. Uh, they make uh, different commitments. I hold people to, to their commitments as to what they did or didn't do. Um, and then, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, my job and role is to make sure that we have people that are going to be in same, uh, that are suited to be in the same group for the same size, same uh, concept, same ideas as to what they want to do, whether they want to grow, uh, whether they want to kind of stay where they're at, but to continue to be profitable. Or, you know, they're looking for other opportunities to maybe venture out and, and say, you know what, I want to do more than where I'm at now. So uh, it, it's that is my a lot of my role as to what I do with the 20 groups. Um, you know, with the right other on. groups that we have, we have a retail group um, uh, that uh, is moderated by Ed Curry, uh, who we met the last time we were yeah. on the show. Mm -hmm. um, and then Ben Goodman uh, and Ed also does a service group for retail uh, dealers. And then uh, Ben Goodman uh, does a um, uh, does also serve. He does buy here, pay here, but he also has a service group specifically for buy here, pay here. And in this space, there's not a lot of people that are doing specific for buy here, pay here. And it's a totally different idea and mindset on when you're in retail and you're selling out an account directly to a finance company or to a bank or somebody else at that point in time. And you're not keeping that account for yourself. So you don't have any residual, any any customers that are going to be yours that are coming back. They're through a finance company. They might still come back to do business with you, but they're not doing business with you because they have a uh, because you have a vested interest in them other than just to make sure that they continue to be happy. But in the buy here, pay your space, it's a little different because you want to keep that person in that car because if that person's not in that car and they don't want to be in that car, they're not going to pay you. And that becomes a bigger issue at that point in time. Sure. So that's a big thing to us. So, so that's another one of the groups that, that, uh, that we uh, have and, and that Ben Goodman moderates for at that point in time. Um, so and, you know, the other thing that, that we try to do is, you know, if we find that a, that a member or, or dealer is, is probably not where they could be and they could be in a different group or maybe there's a different fit for them at that point in time, we, we talk with them and, hey, you know what, maybe this might be a better fit for you at that point in time. And uh, even now we've got uh, what we've started is, which is 
uh, a jumpstart group. And a jumpstart group means that they start almost immediately starting putting information into the composite and making sure that it's good, uh, making sure that we educate them on, on what they should be putting in there, how it should be put in there, and you know what they should be looking for when they're actually looking at this. Because if you've never been in a 20 group before, you're going to say, oh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm not, I, I don't have to worry about my, I'm making money. Well, that could be true, but how much better could you be if you were actually comparing yourself to somebody else? You know, yeah, I, no, I love that. Why, you know, there are stores, there's people out there that they're like, wow, man, like, you know, we're, we crushed it this month. And it's like, yeah, dude, but you're at the, you're at the bottom 5% in the nation. So like, who gives a crap, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so in in our composite book itself, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, um, uh, but in our composite book, we have where you're on on two different. There's 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 two different pages, and on on these pages, all the dealers are are ranked against each other. So, if you're on the right hand side of the page, you're not doing as well as the people that are on the left hand side of the page. Uh, we have the benchmarks and the averages of of the different groups and or the you know just as a whole. You know, if it's the buy here, pay here industry, or if it's the lease here, pay here, or finance, whatever the case may be, they're compared against their peers. Um, and so, it, it, you know, you might have, like you said, hey, you know what? I did really, I did great. Yeah, but how good did you really do? Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, so how do dealers, how can dealers participate? Like if I'm an independent dealer and I'm looking for a way to improve and get better and, you know, like understand what my, where I fall within my market and what the average, at least, at least the averages are. So that if I'm below that, I can at least start to, you know, have a goal, right? How can I, as an yeah. independent dealer or a buy here, pay here dealer, um, participate? So, uh, a couple of different ways, uh, you know, uh, let me step back just for a second here and kind of a little talk, talk a little bit about, uh, we just recently, uh, merged with uh, the dealer performance groups. Uh, that was uh, breaking news about uh, two weeks ago uh, that uh, just kind of came out. Uh, the dealer performance groups were another group of 20 groups um, or similar types. I mean, you know, they're, they're called dealer performance groups, 20 groups. Are, they're very similar. They're members that are getting together, sharing ideas, sharing thoughts, and, and having what we call or what I discuss, uh, you know, and, and I think all of us kind of talk about is a board of directors. You actually have individuals that are, you know, going to be telling you, you know, I don't think you're really doing that great. Let me tell you what I see here and, and what's happening because I, I think you're going down the wrong path or, Hey, fantastic. Good job. You know, but at the end of the day, they're going to be honest and straightforward with you because they're a non-competing dealer because we don't get anybody that's going to be in that same space in that same um, area that they're doing business. How can people get involved? Easily enough that they can go on to our NIDA uh, website and they can look in there to be able to, to uh, find the 20 group page, uh, sign up, and you know we have someone that will be contacting with uh, contacting them to discuss where do you fit, what kind of business are you in, you know what are you looking to try and accomplish. So so it's the conversations that we go through and we've actually done a much better job. Uh, you know I don't think that in the past that wherever we have. Uh, almost uh, every other week or so, we have a call with all these individuals that are going to potentially be a member candidate. Now, a member candidate is someone that has not been in 20 group. They're not in a group right now. Um, specifically, they have not been voted in because that's part of it. Um, they get voted in, uh, you know, if they are going to fit in that group and they, they uh, offer information and insight and, and knowledge 
uh, to that group, they, they'll let them in. If not, maybe not, but in most cases they do. You know, I would say upwards of, of 99% of everybody gets in, but there's still that point where, you know, maybe it's not a fit and maybe you don't feel it's a fit either. So um, when you go through and we talk to you in these jumpstart groups, we truly look at and try to identify the best group that's going to fit for you. And then at the same time that it's going to fit for them as well in that, in the group that's out there already there. So that's how right they on. kind of get involved. They go to the NIDA page and, and uh, fill out some information. Then we get in contact with them. And we've got a gentleman by the name of John Dismukes that actually does that specifically for us now. Uh, and we just hired him on uh, not more than just a few months ago, but he has done a fantastic job and he does a great job of following up with people. Right on. So one of the things I wanted to take an opportunity to discuss here and, and get your, your kind of like the breakdown from you, because I get this uh, sometimes uh, uh, from decision makers when I'm consulting is they're afraid to participate in these, in these 20 groups or these performance groups because they don't want to share their information, right? They're very guarded about, you know, like, and, or some of them don't even know, they think that I need to give all this, all this information that it isn't necessarily the case. And there's ways that you could do it. I know on the franchise side where you can share information without really sharing, you know what I mean? Kind of like the, the your secret sauce or whatever. Right. Um, for people that listen to this are like, man, I want to participate, but I don't feel comfortable sharing my financials or I don't feel comfortable sharing my strategy fully. What is it really that they need if when you guys get together to have these, um, you know, performance review sessions? Can you tell us about that? What are the requirements as far as information that I need to share from my store so that they know what they're getting into in advance? Well, uh, you know, and, and uh, so they share uh, all their business. They, they basically open up the books. Uh, so so I, I understand. And, and let me tell you, I've been down that road with individuals that, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable. I, I don't want to share. You're right. My secret sauce. But these are non-competing dealers. Um, there's a guy, he's, he's three States away or he's two States away, or he's, you know, an, you know, just, uh, over 500 miles away from you at that point in time, they're not looking to go into your market. You're not looking to go into their market, but at the end of the day, who are you going to confide in to have the best ideas of what is actually going on in this business? So when they share, um, uh, their, their, their financial information, when they share their, you know, their, their business model and, you know, what they're doing with their employees, how they're keeping their employees, what they're, you know, well, they're sharing this and it might be great, but maybe I've got a better idea that's going to help you at that point in time. And I'm going to give you something that you probably didn't even think about. We have once, at least once to three times a year in different groups, you know, have different ways that they do it. But uh, at least one time a year, we have a best idea contest. That best idea contest could all of a sudden save you so much money that you never even thought of that, man, you know what? That just made me, uh, I just gave me the opportunity to be able to uh, uh, save a lot of money or make a lot of money. At that point in time, is it worth it to you to be able to say, you know what? Hey, open my books up to these people. The other thing I'm going to tell you is this information doesn't go anywhere else. That group doesn't share this information with anybody else that they're, you know, they're, they, they sign an agreement and there's bylaws that talk about, you know, this, in, anything that's discussed in this room and with these members stays here. So we don't just, uh, I've got all these different groups. I don't go to each group and talk about the other group. Uh, that's, that's not what we do. We make sure that that information is kept confidential within that group. 
But at the end of the day, there's some very open conversations and you're, they're going to be, you're going to be held accountable for what you've done or not done. And you know what, if they see that maybe you didn't fill out your information correct, or there's something that doesn't seem right, they'll call you out on it and they'll say, Hey, you know what? This doesn't look right. Tell me exactly, you know, how you calculated this because these numbers don't seem like they, from what I see on this, on these other pages, this doesn't add up. So, so you're going to have to tell me exactly how this works because I don't see it. And, you know, again, it's that, it's that almost brutal honesty uh, that uh, makes it a difference uh, when you're having that conversation. Yeah. And I would say it's great to um, be amongst peers, right. And people that are doing the same thing that you are on a day-to-day basis that could have different perspective, different um, experiences. And probably the biggest takeaway from, from, from those meetings um, are, is the ability to learn from others. And there's always, I, I don't think I've ever been to a 20 group that I walk away and I'm like, man, I learned some stuff. I didn't know this. Yeah. I picked up some tips on, on whatever. <laughs> and it's stuff that I've been able to implement, um, you know, at, at other stores and things of that nature. So absolutely, you know, I'm sorry. To, so, so we actually have, you know, a lot of times, um, some of these members will bring maybe depending on their topic. So this last time they brought their collection managers, uh, to this meeting. And at that point in time, uh, they had their collection managers listening to some of these other owners and or business people that would tell them, here's what I'm doing. Well, one lady had three pages worth of notes and you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of notes. You, you can't go and implement everything immediately, but you've got stuff for the next year that you're going to be able to work on. Uh, you know, I would never say go from one of these meetings and all of a sudden implement everything you learn because then you're not going to really and truly know what really worked and what was the, what was that secret little, or, you know, that one thing that made the difference. But what I do say is, you know, take a few of these things, start to work on them, start to, to develop them. If they work and they do a good job, well then you know what? Hey, maybe you can share that with somebody else saying, hey, I tried that idea. That was fantastic. I mean, there's these new tools and or new devices that that a lot of people don't know because, again, you're bombarded. You know, these dealers are bombarded all the time with marketing ideas and, and with uh, people that are calling them trying to sell them something. Sure. Sometimes they yeah. don't take the time to listen because they don't have the time. These groups give you the chance to be able to say, okay, hey, I used this product for the last year. Let me tell you how it works. Let me tell you what it does. And let me tell you how it has benefited my business. Yeah. No, for sure, man. Um, the other thing, too, is um, like you said, none of, none of that information is, uh, is shared. And there's, there's the level of accountability, too, is another thing that I wanted to mention here because it's always good to have that. You know, and to know that, yeah. that the people you're interacting with in these meetings are going to they're going to call you out if they see any any BS. And they're also going to hold you accountable to whatever your goals or whatever it is that you're trying to to accomplish. So there's there's some side benefits to, to them as well. So, oh, absolutely. You know, uh, and, and here's the other thing that I'll say, you know, it's not just in the meetings. Think of it this way. Um, you know, a lot of times these guys will have additional conversations. It's that lunch or that dinner, or, you know, mm-hmm. you're having a few drinks and, and you're talking, you get those nuggets that you might not have ever gotten in the meeting because it's a one-on-one that you're going to have with some, or maybe it's three or four people sitting at a table together. 
all eating dinner, you know, sharing things. And someone, you know, says, Hey, well, let me tell you, you know, I, maybe I, I forgot to tell you when I was in the meeting because I was, you know, whatever I was looking at my numbers or doing something else or taking down my notes myself, but here's what I would do. Here's how I would do it. And they go into specifics on some of those things. And, and, and that's a big thing also. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I implore every one of these members to contact and talk to the members outside of the meetings. They, everybody's got, uh, so we give them a full list of all of their, uh, uh, their members in the group so they can call them, email them, talk to them. In fact, some of my members now, uh, which is the greatest thing in the world, they'll go to the other members dealerships and they'll show them around. Hey, let me show you exactly what I'm doing here. I mean, how valuable is that? I mean, who's going to open up their doors to say, come on in, not the guy next door to you. Yeah, but the guy be, that's two states just, away, probably so. Yeah, just being able to call somebody like in the middle of a situation too, and be like, "Hey, man, I have this 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 is going on at my store right now. Well, how did you deal with it? Have you had a similar situation like this? Um, you know, it, it's it's those resources are super valuable for sure. Absolutely, Herb. Yeah. Anyways, hey man, thank you so much for doing this again. We really appreciate it. I like the the sure. you know I really wanted to talk about this particular topic about these, these meetings and these groups and, and, and kind of share uh, this information with folks who are maybe on the fence or maybe they're looking for that extra edge and they don't know what to do. I mean, this is the way to go for sure is, you know, connect with, with uh, the NIADA and go to these meetings and connect with, with, with people that are doing what you're doing on a daily basis and learn from their wins and, and from their, from their failures too, right? So that you don't make the same mistake. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a cost associated yeah. to this for dealers? Is, there, is that something that, um, you know what I mean? Is it something that, that might deter them from, from joining? It is, there is. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I hopefully it doesn't deter them because they can, I think they look at, if they can look at the bigger picture of it, but yes, there's a cost. So it's $3.95 um, a, a month, billed quarterly. Uh, which is about 11, 1185 or so, um, uh, you know, and then of course you, you analyze that. Uh, that's one of the costs. You also have a pro rate cost and the pro rate is going to be whatever and however number of members that are going to go to the event, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so if there's, you know, 20 dealers and you go and you spend, you know, a thousand dollars, well then you divide that by, you know, uh, the 20 dealers that are there or the 20 members or the 20 people that are there. Because sometimes they take their wives, uh, they take their significant others, something else, you know, uh, that they're going to take. And, and, you know, that cost is going to be split by all the members in that particular group. Well, that's a that's a great thing. And, you know, that's a, it starts to lessen the amount of money that you're actually outlaying sure. at that point in time as well. Of yeah. course, there's the cost to get there in the hotels. But we negotiate great rates for the hotels. We, we do a good job of making sure that, you know, we get what the best, not only rates, but the best meeting spaces that are going to be affordable in a lot of cases. Now, some, some groups, they like to go and they, they don't mind, you know, having a nicer area. They want to be at a nicer hotel. You know, that's okay. But we also understand and we know, and then this is going to go a little bit more to, to, the, to the individuals that you're talking about that are questioning that's an expense. That's a lot of money. I'm going to be out of my business, you know, and I'm not going to be making any money. Well, we've got express groups, which is going to be, you know, a lot shorter time period that they're going to be away. It's going to be at airport hotels. It's going to give them a chance to come in, 
get educated, talk to other dealers, get uh, go through the composite, make sure that you know they get the same amount of information in a shorter period of time. But you know, we meet on on a Sunday afternoon uh, till uh, you know uh, midday or a little bit later than midday on Monday. So it's only about a full day and a half that you're actually out of your business at that point in time. And right you say, well, hold on, but the cost bill, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. You know, if you start to put the money together and you say, okay, how much money am I spending on dinners, this, that, or the other thing? And I don't really get enough information from the people that I'm actually spending time with that they're going to give me nuggets and our knowledge that's truly going to be the benefit to me being able to be more successful in my business. That's where you're going to find a lot of these things. And, yeah. you know, most every 20 group member, if you if you interviewed some of them or all of them, they'll always tell you, should have done this when I first started. I should have done. I have I have guys that have been in the business for 30 years. They just got in for the first year. And they're like, gosh, I really I've heard of this for such a long time. I just you know what? I just didn't pull the trigger. I should have done this so much longer. I would have been more successful. I would have had a lot more fun. And you know what? At the end of the day. There's a lot of great people that are in these groups because you know what? They're all trying to do the exact same that you're trying to do as a, as a dealer. They're trying right. to grow. They're trying to get better and they're trying to, to, you know, get educated on, on what and hone in their skills on this business that they're in. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, think about it this way. If you go and I guarantee you, this is my personal promise to you. If you do this, if you go and you commit and you pay the money and you go to these events and you're serious about it, you're going to, you're going to come back every time with a nugget, with an idea, something that's going to ma actually make you money. So the money that you're spending that's on it. these things is irrelevant. It really is. That's right. So that's right. You know, because, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't know that you were spending so much money on, on the marketing side of this business or, or, you know, how much you're paying, you know, in marketing at, you know, per car, you know, who looks at that until you go to some of these groups and, and you think about it, you're only looking at, oh, well, that's $3,000 I'm going to pay a month, you know, in marketing. Yeah, but how many cars are you selling? What does that equate to on the amount of cars that you've sold and then how much you're spending so that you can actually, well, why is this guy only, he's half of my cost and he's selling more cars than me. Mm -hmm. there's, yeah. there, <laughs> there, there's, there's the thought right there. All of a sudden, boom, you know, you got uh, some, some great conversation going at that point in time. For sure. Anyway, Bill, thanks again, man, for doing this. We really, really appreciate it. There is one question that we ask everybody that comes on the show, and that's where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years and why? But you already answered that. So we're going to twist it a little bit. Where do you okay. see the, the specific independent dealer side of the business going in the next five years and why? You know, uh, the independent dealer business is, is going to be, uh, as far as on the retail side, uh, it might be a little tougher um, because, uh, you know, if you're just doing financing directly with finance companies that are tightening up right now, it's going to be a little bit uh, more difficult is is the, the opinion that that uh, I have at this point in time. And, and just some of the numbers and some of the things that I'm hearing from different finance companies in different areas, that's uh, going to be and it seems to be a potential issue for the buy here, pay here independent dealers and or lease here, pay here independent dealers. This is going to be a great year. I, I see this uh, one year, possibly two years, you know, that, that it's going to be fantastic. Uh, three years from now, it could, there could be some changes. But with the raising of the interest rates and, you know, your, your markup of what you had to buy the car for, you know, there's only going to be a certain amount of spread that you're going to be able to make. And some of these finance companies, they're tightening up. 
They're yeah. they're asking for more stipulations. They're asking for you know a bigger discount, or they're they're talking about different things like that. Whereas if you're in the buy here pay here, you're kind of calling your own shots. You are the finance company, so that gives you a little bit more of an advantage. So I see that as as the the bigger thing that's going to grow going forward in the next few years. Right on. Well, there you have it, folks. Bill, thank you so much for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, sure. for tuning in. That's all the time we have for today. And as usual, we'll talk later. We only host the well-respected. The vendor Lexus Nexus. We don't sell digital marketing. What you do? We inspected with our DT vendor management. Now more than ever, businesses need more efficient sales. That's why thousands of dealerships trust Four Eyes to help with things like automated inventory email updates and ensuring all of your leads get into the CRM. To try Four Eyes for free, visit foureyes.io slash dealer talk. That's foureyes.io slash dealer talk.